this is Irliana Samsara back again with another edition of Star Sound Speaks, Star Sound Astrology. Well, oh my goodness, episode 90, can't believe it, the big 90. Uh, this one's about the, um, the astrology for March at large. So we're going to be covering some of the major transits. We're going to be going over Mars just having gone into Gemini and then um, the new moon in Pisces on the 13th. We're also going to be uh, talking about Mercury's entrance into Pisces. So it's a very dreamy, Pisces, mystical, dreamy, imaginative, inspiring month with all this Piscean energy uh, going on. So, um, and then of course we have the beginning of, it's the equinox. So it's the spring equinox in the Northern hemisphere and the fall equinox in the Southern hemisphere for all you fabulous Kiwis and Aussies and South Africans and, Ugandans, I think you're below, yeah, and all the fabulous, I'm just saying Uganda because it just came to mind, all these fab, the fabulous people of Africa and South America, uh, below the equator, right, where everything keto and south, <laughs> so um, anyway, and Antarctica, okay, so if anyone's listening from Antarctica, we, we got you covered too, happy fall equinox coming up, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so we've got a lot to, to go over and um, and I got some cool stories to share too. All right, so the first thing is Mars uh, just entered the sign of Gemini uh, yesterday and it takes about six weeks for Mars to go through a sign. So um, in, you'll see, it's interesting to use Mars of, um, as an example of you know how energies shift as they move into different signs. So if you remember back with the, uh, the capital riots that happened on January 6th, Mars was in the sign of Aries, which it had been in for six months because normally it's two, but see it retrograded and then it went back through again. So it took a good six months for it to get out of the sign of Aries, its home sign. Well, of course, being um, you know the, the planet of war and aggression in its domicile of Aries, what did we see? Guns, blades and knives, right? At the, at the capital, very unfortunate tragedy. People died, you know the drill, you know what happened there. Then that very afternoon, um, that very moment that they were, you know, those they were all storming through the uh, the halls of the Capitol. That Mars was at twenty nine degrees, the final degree, the final minutes of Aries. And I remember go, watching it on TV, and I'm going, okay, you know, I knew that any any moment it was supposed to, or did it flip into Taurus? So I looked it up on online, and I'm like, wow, the very moment it was around 5:30 in the afternoon. That's when it went in zero degrees of Taurus, and boom, that's when the people started leaving the building peacefully, right? They they were the mob scene with at the Aries energy, and then calm and grace. Why? Well, Venus rules Taurus. So there was peace and calmness and there was a, there was a harmony, you know, like people were leaving quietly and being escorted out of the building. So the, um, the whole peacemaking energies have been ongoing, you know, since that moment, uh, conflict with this overlay of wanting peace and harmony, because that's all Venus wants is peace and harmony, love, connection. Well, um, now we have Venus moving into, um, I'm sorry, uh, Mars and now move, has moved into Gemini, zero degrees of Gemini. So again, any planet at zero degrees, you're going to get, it's like a little preview of what it's going to bring. So watch, you know, it's at zero degrees right now. 
and watch what happens because that's kind of a little preview of what energies and potentials are you know available well mercury rules gemini so this mars transit has a mercury feel so it's about communication so whereas we had mars and aries being very combative like physically combative combative physical aggression uh, this is more a, 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 a war of words, you could say. If you're going to be warrior-like and aggressive, it's around words and ideas and communications, because that's what you know, everything Gemini rules. And so, sadly, we see this with, um, you know, the situation with Harry and Meghan and the Oprah interview that's coming up in uh, Buckingham Palace. So here they are uh, sharing um, Mars energy, right? It's been, now, yes, it was recorded earlier. Um, I don't know exactly when, but probably during Mars and in Taurus. Um, but anyway, it's um, what's very unfortunate is that uh, people have come up who were former staffers saying, you know, that Megan bullied them and blah, blah, blah. And then the next thing you know is Buckingham Palace is, has apparently launched an investigation into, you know, this situation. And when I first read that headline, I thought, oh my goodness, well, they're going to find out who's been saying these nasty things about Megan. And then I realized, oh no, they're launching investigation into her. Like that's his family. Like, wow. Uh, yeah. So, um, and, and you know, when you think about Mercury too, it rules gossip, it rules uh, trickery, you know, like Mercury is the thief in the night and uh, cunning, you know, con artistry, uh, cunning, uh, you know, you could say backstabbing, gossiping, that kind of thing, very dark energy. That's what we have to look out for. Um, and so um, really very sad, especially when you consider that these are not new allegations. These were set against her three years ago, uh, three years ago. So they're digging up something just coincidentally right before the Oprah interview, right? Um, that digging up something about uh, somebody uh, gossip from three years ago, right before they're probably going to be shown in, uh, well, they're going to be shown the truth. <laughs> and so we're going to hear a lot of truth um, about what that was like. And that very attitude of things is, as we know, is what drove them from uh, the royal life. So um, good on you, Harry and Meghan, you know, bless your hearts. Um, go for it, speak your truth. Mars and Gemini, man, you're gonna have the power to speak boldly and courageously. And uh, you've had to do that for quite a while. So, um, you know, my hat is off to you. And for all of us, uh, you know, you can, uh, we can use this time to speak very um, boldly. And yes, it could be provocative or we could put forth provocative, um, strong ideas about leadership and or the, the way in which we move and um, forward and our goal-oriented, you know, goal-oriented Mars has that Mercury aspect. So it's maybe listening and shifting and um, listening to others not gossiping, um, but um, being passionate and bold with our communications. That would be the, the best use of that Mars and uh, Gemini transit. Mars will line up with the North Node later this month. The North Node, of course, has been in Gemini for almost the past year, giving us the Gemini Sag eclipses. And so it's uh, lining up there. It will really embolden and empower us to make changes um, in, in that way about listening to others and um, you know not being arrogant and not have a feeling of entitlement and you know moving away from 
from those energies and embracing and understanding and being willing to listen, that that would be definitely be a boost at the end of the month when Mars uh, joins up there um, to really um, engage in that, in that manner. But I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that later, but anyway, just to move on. Uh, okay, so we've got that. Mars and Gemini. And then um, Saturday, March 13th, we have the new moon in Pisces. So um, this past month of the new moon in Aquarius, of course, as, as I've shared on previous videos, that was a very powerful and magical, um, you know, with six planets in Aquarius, talk about new beginnings, talk about breaking free of the past, uh, very inventive and ingenious new ways, quantum leaps in consciousness. Well, the new moon in Pisces sun and moon in Pisces, this particular lunation, it will be, um, and I may talk about this more in a different video, you know, digging, digging in deep as we get closer to that, but very exciting because with, with that lineup, we have dreamy Neptune in its home sign of Pisces, Venus in Pisces, she loves Pisces, that does very well there. She's exalted, it's the term in astrology, she's exalted in Pisces. So pure love and harmony and unconditional love and selfless service. It's like, oh, all those wonderful connections infused with those higher qualities of, you know, in bhakti, like the, the word bhakti in Sanskrit is devotion, the yoga of devotion, of like pure devotion to the divine. So we, we have the opportunity to develop and really lose ourselves in, in, in cosmic divine bliss. You know, and this is this is what the new moon can bring us. Of course, there are some red flags with Neptune energy and Venus in that connected in that exaltation. Uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that and maybe even share an interesting story that might uh, drive some of that home for us. Uh, but yes, it's it can be very you know romantic with Venus there and Neptune intoxicating even you know intoxicating love. Um, but of course faith, I think of faith when I think of Neptune, you know, having faith and hope and faith in the divine. Um, it's, it's nice that at just around this time of the new moon, we're going to be having, I think by then is when the Senate is supposed to vote and do the final vote on the stimulus bill, the COVID relief bill in Congress that has been bandied about. So um, that should be, uh, at least it's fortuitous. So I have a good feeling about that with that new moon again, a feeling of hope and faith restored, Venus ruling personal finances, right? Your bank account, Neptune, you know, like kind of unlimitedness, you know, <laughs> of course we don't want to blow the bank, but um, but it seems that we're, we'll definitely be getting this, uh, these relief package and probably around hopefully the same way. It just, I feel it, it bodes well for that. So, um, and Venus also being protected from the beams of the sun um, is is going to be, you know, she's so, um, you know, with that situation there with the new moon, um, it's, uh, you know, so she's not getting burned up, you know, <laughs> so there's this sense of, you know, getting what we need and, um, you know, divine grace, like deus ex machina, the, you know, the god, got the goddess descends, you know, in the, in the Greek plays when everything is, Oh my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Well, God is the machine, deus ex machina. God is the machine, you know, in the ancient Greek plays, they would descend from the clouds and God would come down from the heavens, which is like a Jupiterian, you know, theme. He'd come down and he'd fix everything, you know? So <laughs> I 
kind of like with with uh, dreamy Neptune. It's like we're getting somebody's going to save us, you know, <laughs> uh, like that. Now, of course, the flip side is that it can be very escapist and uh, we could definitely lose ourselves in love. Um, you know, I, I I think about when I lived in Sedona years ago. God, I love Sedona. It's one of the happiest chapters of my life was about five years I lived there. And uh, but I and I, I I had a wonderful job and it was you know the living the good life right I left Manhattan and from the concrete canyons of Manhattan to the red rocks of Sedona and I'm working in the art world and I have this great job and it's beautiful you know my commute was through the red rocks I mean you you know you can't I'm used to get schlep on a subway for umpteen years right now I'm riding through the red rocks so yes quite a difference uh, but you know it's it's um, there were always people and God bless them. You know, I come, they come out to find themselves. And um, I did too. I mean, I, you know, I just happened having come from New York, I, more grounded and re realistic. I love the mystical life, which is why I moved there, of course, you know, to develop myself on a deeper spiritual level um, outside of the mayhem of, of Manhattan. Um, and I did, and I grew immensely, but I, I just, I'm chuckling because I'm just thinking of this new lunation with the Venus, Neptune and Pisces, you know, you could, you could go out and have a mystical experience and then go, oh, I'm just, you know, sometimes you meet people, they're like, uh, I'm like, okay, what do you do? Well, uh, you know, they, they, they live in the bushes, you know, and it's like, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, how, what do you do for, like, oh, I don't work, you know, it's like, okay, how do you eat, you know, <laughs> it's like, woo, um, faith, you know, they definitely was definitely living on faith, so I, good lessons for me, but sometimes it can leave us very ungrounded, and it's, then the shadow part is about escaping reality and not seeing things, uh, clearly for what they are, so there's always that temperance, right, it's, you know, how we play that out. So, um, but you know, and I, but it can lead to some really mystical, magical encounters. Um, when I was preparing my notes for um, for this podcast, I was thinking about uh, years ago. Oh my God, this really great story. Uh, there's this guy that I was in a relationship with, and um, he was a little older than me. Wonderful man, uh, great stories. He actually took, he wrote a book uh, about some of the stories. He'd been all over the world, uh, like a hundred countries and met all these great people and, and such. Well, one of the people or group of people that he met um, in his amazing travels, like worth totally worthy of a book, even a movie, um, was actually was the, with the Rolling Stones. And, um, he, a long, an amazing long story, but it reminds me of this upcoming new moon in Pisces where you let mystical, magical, lose yourself, you know, kind of thing. Um, he, at one point, I'm not even going to tell the story as good as him, of course, but he was living with uh, Keith Richard in his house in Bel Air. And uh, Keith, they then he just, they were gonna do a project together and then boom, Keith went on tour. Uh, Mick and Keith were on some kind of outs with each other at the time. And then they came back, went on tour, uh, left my, the guy that I say, we'll call him Rob, left Rob in the dust, uh, went off their merry way, started to do a tour. I don't know, fade to black, months pass, whatever, whatever. 
uh, Rob is in, is in, I want to say it's Philadelphia. And he, um, for some reason, he's in Philly, he's on business. And he, he goes to this hotel that he's staying in and he pulls up to the hotel and it's late at night and he gets out of the car. And, and as he gets out of the car, this limousine pulls up next to him and the door opens and he gets out and the door opens and who gets out of the limousine, but Mick Jagger. And it's like, and their eyes meet and it's like, oh my God, Rob, oh my God, Mick, you know, like, <laughs> wow, you know, and he's like, hey, come party with us, you know, like they're on tour, they were doing one of their tours, so, you know, they, at the hotel, so he, he goes to the hotel, and of course, they're having this outrageous, you know, Bacchanalian, Dionysian, you know, as only the Stones could do, kind of um, party, and uh, I remember to hear him tell it, he said, just even walking down the hallway and just you could feel their I mean their their presence their outrageous uh, you know now I am biased I love the stones um but that you know even Keith um what's his name um the um the Sean um oh the one who does uh, uh McKenna uh Terrence McKenna talked about the Rolling Stones and people asked you know who are the who are the shamans of our age? And, and he said, Bob Dylan and the Rolling Stones. They, those are two that came to mind. I'm like, wow, that was interesting. I, I figured Dylan, but when I contemplated, I'm like, yeah, the Rolling Stones, man. But anyway, so Rob's walking down the hallway and this uh, feel his presence, you know, he said you could palpably feel it as you got closer to the door of the, of the hotel suite. And of course, inside was this incredible, you know, feast and you can imagine, you know, beautiful women and wine flowing and food. And, you know, I'm sure they collectively have a lot of planets and Taurus, you know, love to see what, what astrological configuration was going on then. But um, anyway, it was just, you know, incredible, you know, the most sumptuous feast of food and wine and women and probably other things. <laughs> and so, uh, but it was this, this outrageous uh, gathering of, you know, you know, they always talk about the beautiful people, you know, this kind of uh, thing. And he's, he's witnessing all of this and fade to black, you know, they partied all night. And then, uh, you know, in the morning, um, Maybe it was a different astrological transit because all I know, the moon might have left wherever it was. And uh, when, when the smoke cleared, so to speak, um, there were these, uh, these guys that showed up, these, um, the, I, I'm calling them the suits. These are the, these are the guys that are, uh, that are watching the tour that it goes off as planned. I mean, it is rock and roll rock stars. It is the Rolling Stones we're talking about. And apparently Keith Richard had just come out of rehab. He had been, you know, um, he had a really bad heroin. I mean, he almost died of heroin, um, heroin addiction. So he had just gone out of rehab and these suits came and they kept walking around the room. I think the room was completely trashed. And I don't know, you know, Rob is standing there in the midst of all this uh, post-party, you know, apocalyptic scene, you know, and uh, and they look at him and he, he wasn't too disheveled, you know, and they look around and they said, hey, you over here. And they like talked to him. They go, you know, who are you and what do you do? Well, Rob was very involved in um, health and health foods and health food ventures. And they basically they they long story short, they they needed somebody to like take care of of to make sure that everybody was especially Keith would not fall off the wagon. So they hired him to to go on tour with them to make sure he was going to be fine you know he was kind of like this 
corporate babysitter, so to speak. So he, he said, yes, he did it. And he, he flew all over the world on their tour. So, I mean, that is like, a, talk about, you know, sun, I mean, sun, moon, Venus, Neptune, conjunct in Pisces. That's like the most outrageous cosmic kind of story, you know, out of nowhere, right? Out of the fog of Neptune. Talk about the dream experience and the dream job that results from a dream experience. You know, it's just... Anyway, it just flashed in my mind as I was contemplating and meditating and doing my research for this lunation. So, you know, what's possible? Well, the ideal love, the ideal connections, you know, with this new moon. So, uh, wow, you know, that could be, who knows what could happen, but we could lose our heads too. So the, the flip side is the, you know, like you fall in love with the divine so much that you don't show up for work, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, you know, so it's, it's definitely um, needing to find that balance. So maybe, um, you know, seek the divine. I go for that all the way, but maybe eat some carrots before you do. So you can keep your feet on the ground. Oh, whatever. So that's our, um, Definitely a time to meet the, the divine, you know, um, if you are into, you know, I guess if you're into plant medicine, that that could be one possible way or just chanting, you know, Venus and the, I think of the arts and music, you know, delving and losing yourself in music, creating music, um, you know, playing music, listening to music, just emerging yourself in the arts. That would be a really great, it's going to be a great new moon for that. Um, it, you know, very incredible uh, outcomes, you know, from cosmic consciousness. Compounded a few days later when Mercury enters Pisces at zero degrees. So again, you know, Mercury being that the, the cosmic, the divine interdimensional traveler, right? The hermetic, the, the magician who moves in and out of worlds, the higher worlds where Zeus and all the big dudes, you know, live and breathe and then coming down and sharing those messages uh, from the gods with the masses, you know, it's that archetype of walking in two worlds and uh, being in that dream time. So uh, again, um, more, more amazing Piscean energy. Um, Mercury, of course, likes facts and data and things and busyness. Well, Mercury in Pisces, it kind of loses that, right? So it's, um, uh, it's in its fall in Pisces. Now that doesn't mean it's bad, bad, but again, you could lose, like lose your mind, but not in a good way, you know? So we, we want to be careful. Um, one thing is like, uh, you know, I, I think of uh, somebody I know, a friend of mine is, um, he's a psychiatrist and he has, um, he has the moon, uh, sorry, he has Mercury in Pisces. And even though it's technically in detriment, but Mercury and Pisces can do wonderful things. I mean, look, as a psychiatrist, hello, he's an incredible psychiatrist. And that's perfectly suited, you know, to be able to speak to people and counsel them and connect with them and uh, with the psyche and the mind and, you know, healing people in that way. And the most incredibly kind, compassionate man, he's like a saint, you know, um, I, I hold him in the highest regard. But yeah, Mercury and Pisces, you know, so um, we can communicate as saints. How about that? You know, I think the world needs this high vibe very much so now as we're facing um, all these challenges and as COVID is still, um, yes, the cases are falling, but 
you know, we still have some significant challenges <clears throat> to overcome with that climate change and, and all the rest. So having a compassionate view and, a, and desiring a compassionate divine connection with others and our thoughts and writings and communications and engagements being of that high mystical space. This will be a really good juicy time for that with Mercury and Pisces. Uh, let's see, um, March 18th, uh, we have, I uh, want to shout out to March 18th because um, the lunar eclipse that happened at um, back in November, November 30th, there was a lunar eclipse at eight degrees of Gemini. Well, we are going to have Uranus um, at eight degrees of, um, of Taurus. But Mars is going to be um, Mars is going to be at eight degrees of Gemini, which is in the United States of America chart. We have Uranus, the planet of rebellion, revolution, um, upsetment, uh, technology, genius. You know, we have Uranus in the sign of Gemini. So Mars is going to line up on on March about March eighteenth, and it might be a few days earlier uh, that we'll feel it. But Mars is going to line up with Uranus. In, um, in the sign, uh, in the USA chart. So that should be, um, again, some very dynamic, maybe some sudden changes, uh, re you know, revolutionary changes or um, movements. Um, and again, um, being in Gemini, you know, ideas. So um, bold, innovative, original ideas and thinking. Um, and again, it's around the same time as the COVID bill is, you know, about to be passed and hopefully, right, fingers crossed. So that'll be a really dynamic, interesting time of um, this kind of thing, depending on which, um, you know, the Sibley chart has Uranus in the sixth house, which is the workplace and workers and, and such. I mean, actually both that and a Gemini rising chart um, they both are, are valid. You know, this is divination. It's not like right and one's right and one's wrong. Um, astrology being, um, you know, just showing truths, just different paths and, and lenses from which to view things. But um, I think it, it, whether you want to say Uranus is in the first house in the USA chart or the sixth house of work and service or the first house self-image, it's, it's still truth. You know, you'll see some dynamic changes ahead. Whenever um, Mars um, conjuncts a point in a chart, it's like action, right? Movement. And depending on, of course, what sign it is, we'll tell you what kind of movement. But I just wanted to put that little um, jijing in. Um, next month is when we're going to have our, um, yeah, it won't be till next month. We're going to be having the first act Mars activations of those eclipses that happened in December and last June but that'll be for, for next month. I'll, I'll be talking about that. Oh, let's see. Okay, then we have on, um, we have the, the first day of spring, yay, or the first day of fall, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, um, is the Aries ingress. That's the official name, right? Ingress, it just means entrance. Aries, the entrance of the sun in Aries on March 20th will be uh, the equinox. And um, that is going to be, um, you know, this is when the light takes over. So even if you're in the Southern hemisphere, when we're talking about the light, you know, you can say, well, but it's fall. How could the light be taking over? Isn't the light dimming? Yeah, seasonally, yes. But um, in ancient astrology, we, you know, what we look at are, is it's, a, it's the symbology of light and dark. 
So, you know, in the Greek times, in the ancient Greek Hellenistic astrology, you know, Greece being in the Northern Hemisphere, did it pattern the seasons? Yes, it did. But more importantly, and this was really hard for me to get because I was still like, what about the Australians? You know, <laughs> it's like upset learning this. I had to get my mind off of marrying it to the seasons because it's a symbolic exchange of light and dark and it's the path of divine light versus you know earth light and the interplay between the two so um that's how we um approach these things but anyway uh we have the Aries ingress march 20th and i'm looking at you know venus is going to be at what 29 pisces then and it's conjunct a fixed star called sheet and that would be a lot about, you know, comforting the lost or com comforting or being of selfless service to those who maybe feel marginalized or in need uh, and being kind and gracious and compassionate to the most marginalized or where whoever might feel that they're in prison and, you know, working in a domestic violence shelter, for example, you know, Venus ruling women and such. Um, you know, the, just something of that nature where we can, um, you know, forge, um, you know, new beginnings. Aries, zero Aries is the beginning of the zodiacal year. You know, it's like our, our new year in astrology is, is not the, the Chinese new year and it's not January 1st in the Gregorian calendar. It's um, March 20th. It's zero Aries, the starting point. So um, anyway, just wanted to say that. Um, Venus is going to be on uh, the, from the 22nd, right after that, from the 22nd to the 27th, Venus is going to be um, conjunct the sun. And there's a term, we call it in the heart of the sun. So if you could imagine, um, this is, you know, with the Venus, uh, it's called Kazemi, when it gets right within the degree of the sun, it's like the you know, you're, the sun is like the, the, the think of Louis the Fourteenth, the Sun King, right, entering the throne room where there's light emanating, and you're like standing in the presence of the divine. And so this this is a very um, can be very mesmerizing, uh, where you lose yourself in divine light. You could say, you know, with Venus Kazemi. So that will be um, that'll be happening um, at the end of the month, you know, in the heart of the sun. So it's, what's Venus, the goddess, right? So it's like the rebirth of the divine feminine goddess energy. Um, it's a new way to divine, to uh, it's a new way to uh, define ourselves. It's, um, you know, where in many ways, not just romantically, but just socially, you know, how we connect with others renewing, you know, uh, social connections, friendships, uh, things of that nature. Um, Venus is going to be in, in Aries. It's, um, you know, it's, it's in its detriment, right? Because Mars is ruling that particular transit. And so Venus doesn't like, Air, you know, to be in Aries. Venus wants to be cushy comfy. Mars, Aries is that hard Mars-driven energy. Um, but it's, you um, so Venus is, it's like saying, you know, our a desire for connection, we want to assert ourselves and define it and like, this is how it's going to be, you know, make a statement and be bold about our desire for connection. Um, the full moon is going to be on the 28th of the month, the full moon is going to be in Libra. And um, this is definitely, um, you know, with the 
this is a pivoting point, you know, with, with Aries energy, it's always, again, a pivot, a beginning. It's a cardinal sign. It's the taking the reins and starting new. And so you could say too that, um, you know, this might mean with the full moon in Libra, the sun in Aries and the moon in Libra, it might be about um, being courageous about leaving a relationship where you know it's it's time to leave. And it's time to, um, you know, and, and where you're looking at, we're looking at our values, like what's really important to us? And um, do our relationships line up? Do the people in our life line up with these values? And if they don't, being strong and taking the courage to leave and go, you know what, I, I think it's time for me to move on. So it's not just Mercury retrograde where things come to an end. You know, we look at the the rich, complex um, transits and energies of Venus as it moves through signs. And this would be at the end of the month with, with the full moon in Libra, we might be getting, you know, the, uh, the courage to leave or to, to take the all the inspiration that we got in the that we'll be getting in the new moon and saying wow you know um i see the world differently now it's like kind of like we we have this cosmic experience and then we come back into our shoes and we say wow you know what i'm going to change my life i don't want to do my life the way i've been doing it i see a bigger picture so this is again what's available to us um and it might mean that you you let go of the, the way things have been, but knowing and feel and taking that leap and risk and taking that leap of faith um, because you've experienced something grander that you want for yourself and you're willing to <clears throat> make that change. Uh, let's see. Oh, well, like I said earlier, last thing I just want to go over is then um, March um, March 28th, Mars is going to be conjunct the North Node in Gemini. So the North Node's been moving. Of course, nodes always move backwards. They start at 29 degrees back in May. Last May, it was 29 Gemini. So it's now going um, backward to uh, 14 degrees of Gemini. And Mars will line up with the North Node of 14 gems. So again, Mars action-oriented, making these changes. The North, the nodes are always indicating, you know, where we grow and evolve and collectively, everybody, you know, the North Nodes in Gemini for the whole world. So depending on where that is in your chart is where these evolutionary changes are really, you know, taking hold. And the North Node will amplify things, increase things. So, um, you know, you could say that um, there's like bold new directions. Remember Venus being in Aries, Mars rules it. So there's this definite connection with Venus there, Mars and Venus. So taking these bold uh, new assertive directions about siblings, about learning, maybe going back to school, um, networking, um, relationships with others, love relationships, relationships with women, maybe your mother or just women in general. So these are uh, places that, uh, you know, for us to juicy opportunities uh, for us to grow. Uh, the last um, transit I just want to mention is on March 29th, uh, Mercury is going to be conjunct with Neptune. So early in the month, we had the sun, the moon, Venus, and Neptune. Now it's Mercury's turn. He's going to hook up with the the cosmic consciousness god, right? <laughs> the Christ consciousness um, so that'll be, again, more, more trippy, mystical, cosmic um, potential for connecting with divine. I mean, God, I can't imagine the dream state. 
you guys keep a journal. Um, I always keep a journal, but I, I always notice when there's profound Mercury transits and Neptune transits, oh my goodness, the dream state is really rich. So a good tip is to keep a journal. It could be, you know, any, any kind of notebook, whatever, and always keep a, I keep a pencil, not a pen, because sometimes I'm, if I wake up, um, I don't want to move, try not to get out of bed. And, you know, even if I use the bathroom, like just write down that dream because it easily dissipates. But I use a pencil in case I'm writing on my back and I don't want the ink to run out. So I keep it as a pencil instead of a pen, but whatever works for you, you know, um, very important to, um, really fascinating to journal and then look back and see, you know, the things that, that our higher selves are telling us. Mercury in, in conjunct Neptune, you could have dreams with, um, you know, cunning little short men, androgynous looking beings, or you could be um, a man on a bicycle, you know, I mean, that's Mercury rules bicycles and transportation and cars. So if you're having dreams like that with like bicycles and cars, it could be that Mercury, the energy of Mercury is, is talking to you through the dream state. Um, so anyway, just some ideas. Uh, Mercury also rules commerce, you know, uh, buying and selling and retailing and stores and uh, craft work and, you know, um, siblings and, you know, I think of like small business owners and buying and selling and, and all that, all that, you know, busyness and facts and data and, you know, notebooks <laughs> and write, writing, certainly writing. Maybe you write, um, maybe that screenplay or your play or whatever that you've been uh, working on or wanting to start, you know, these are, this would be a great month to, to get that going with the new moon. And then when Mercury conjuncts, you could be getting some really cool downloads about your writing and, and, uh, and such and help from the invisible realms, you know, just call on the divine and whoever you align with, guardian angel, whatever, um, they're there, you know, free minutes, unlimited. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Um, yeah, and, and, and not to judge yourself about it and to, and sometimes when we're so infused, if we have a really deep cosmic experience, it's like hard for other people to get it, you know, you know how that is. And so just to keep trusting yourself, and even though you might look a little weird to others, you're like, no, I'm really going to leave that job or that person because it doesn't feel right. Oh, but you know, what the rational mind might want to step in, but that Mercury-Neptune connection might be like, you know what, it's okay. But again, you know, always being, checking in with ourselves. And that's why, you know, having a community of, of kind, caring friends and family around us is, is so important. So we're, we're not all the way over to one side where we're, you know, shoeless and haven't paid the rent, you know, because I saw God. It's like, okay, well now, but we also have to pay the electric bills too. So, you know, it's making that, making, keeping that balance getting the boast of the boat the best of both worlds so anyway that's all i have to say for today i hope you enjoyed that and got value of it um, please leave your comments below i love hearing from you and um, appreciate all of the uh, wonderful things um, i hope this this uh, month of march that you use it in the highest way and and uh, let your imagination soar um, trust in the divine trust in your own self there's an enormous amount of uh, potential awaiting us with this pisces all these juicy pisces uh neptune mercury venus the sun the moon right it's a pisces party so woohoo <laughs> stay sober 
um, um, and only get drunk in divine bliss, okay? <laughs> Don't try not to, you know, whatever. Drink a, if you're gonna drink wine, just drink a lot of water halfway through, then you don't get the hangover, all right? Just saying, you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, whatever. Uh, we, I have faith and trust that um, everybody does whatever they need to do for their highest truth. So um, I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful month of March and I'll be talking to you soon. I'm so excited because the next podcast, I have Demetrius Begley back on. Yay, I haven't talked to him since last year. Um, he's going to be sharing with us all kinds of fascinating things. He's an incredible uh, a producer, event. You know, he's the, the uh, rainmaker in the astrological community. He makes amazing conferences happen that are on the very forefront of, of our world. LGBTQ, astrology conference, Black astrologer conference. And, you know, this is the very, very, this is where the action's at right now. This is the, the very edge of progress. And Demetrius always is on that edge. So that's why I love to talk to him. And so he's going to be sharing all kinds of good things with us. So that'll be our next episode. I look forward to seeing you all again very soon. And until then, namaste. This is Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Speaks, Star Sound Astrology. Thank you all for listening. Namaste.